Hey, this is Tony Soprano, and you're listening to Jersey Boys Podcast with your hosts, Dave Sturgeo and the Ernst Boys. I mean, I could give a shit about the Cowboys. We're in New Jersey. These guys got balls being Cowboys fans in Jersey. Anyways, enjoy. Well, whatever. How about this, Cowboys? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode and edition of the Jersey Boys podcast right here on the Premier Streaming Network and the Premier Podcast Network. Of course, your host, Dave Sturchio, Little Sturch, alongside nationally known comedian Brett Ernst, and of course, America's fan, Keith Ernst. Fellas, how we doing? I'm, I'm coming off fresh off the uh, the New Jersey coastline that um, that Brett was on. He had a little, little bit of an East Coast tour, but you guys are in the same spot, so this is kind of interesting. I will uh, side note, sidebar, the last time you guys did a podcast from the same location, we were fired uh, from that said podcast. So there, <laughs> therefore, oh, shit, uh, you're you right. remember that? That was oh, yeah. long time ago. Oh, yeah. A long time ago. I, huh? Is that, is that true? I thought that was. Yeah. Uh... No, you guys were hammered. Hammered.com about Dak Prescott after the first San Francisco loss. And uh, I was told uh, by uh, the powers that be over there, like, yeah, we, we can't we can't say things like that. And I was like, well, you know, I'm you. <laughs> Leave, yeah, leave us alone. yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the rest is history. But anyway, how we doing, Brett? Brett, we good? Yeah, um, yeah, we're good, man. That was the last time. No, I don't think that was the last time. I remember one time me and Keith were in the same room. Didn't we do another one? No, it is the last. The Circa one was that Circa. Yeah, that was, yeah the, the day's worth of of, uh, of drinking over there during the Cowboys lost to the 49ers two years ago. Wait, wait, let me go. Let me go. No, you already talked. Let me go. Let me go. <laughs> that was, was, that was back and forth. Yeah. First of all, it was a day's worth of drinking and fighting and just arguing surrounded by Niner fans. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a lot of fun. We uh, a lot of fun. That was one of my worst football days in my life. They're getting, they're getting there, man. They're getting there. That was and, and a bad one. Was it was bad. a bad one, and, and it's funny because uh, I talked to, like I said the last week, I talked to Sean McEwen, the, the one of the tight ends of the team, and he said that as a team and Dak and and company, they're not over that one yet. Like they're not over that one, and then they had another one to follow that. The same team, same guys eliminated us. So it's like th- it's definitely they're using it as fuel. Hopefully, you know, for this year, obviously, but. There's a lot going on. Camp is in full swing right now. Yesterday they opened up with pads. Uh, they finally put some pads on, and the the you know the running backs and skill position guys are wearing those funky <laughs> on those things. Have you seen those like dome? Generic. They're the weirdest looking things in the world. But I guess I don't know. They're trying everybody, to limit. Everybody looks like Steve Kelso with that. Uh, <laughs> with that big ass helmet. And he looked like they all look like uh, Rick right, Moranis and and uh, with spaceballs or whatever. Well, explain that to me. So that's an extra cushion on top of the helmet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is supposed to what? Like, uh, kind of like lower the impact if they collide heads. Okay. So, but they don't wear it during games when they're going full speed. No, not at all. Oh, okay. So they only wear it when <laughs> oh, they're going half sense. speed. Yeah. Got for it. half speed when they're not going full blown. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Because that's when most of the concussions happen, by the way. <laughs> well, Listen, isn't it they're too- all. Isn't it too like uh, you sure it's not the hands off one? Like I remember when we were in college that like certain people you weren't allowed to hit had something they had it on their helmet. They had that little uh it looked well, like, like a like a red like a where like Dak wear a red jersey, like don't touch yeah, it. Yeah, that's a quarterback does that usually. Yeah, I mean yeah, but sometimes like they used to have that red thing over the helmet, like you know, when uh you're cooking and they have the hairnet. Like a penny, <laughs> like a penny. People that were off limits that you weren't allowed to hit. So, 
Can you imagine? <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, so the pads are on. They're making contact. There's a lot of storylines coming out of Dallas already because it's the Dallas Cowboys. You know that, you know, they're going to be uh, they're going to be making headlines. And yesterday's headline, Keith, you sent me a text pretty much simultaneously of, of me hearing it uh, that Rojo, Ronald Jones, one of our running backs of our deep, deep running back room, uh, has been suspended for the first two games of the NFL season due uh, to juice uh, or a banned substance, whatever it could be. It could be something like Adderall. I don't know. But I'm just on. So the guy's older. So you would think that he's trying to get a little bit of a leg up, trying to get a little younger, trying to trying to feel good about himself. And he popped for something. So he's out for two games. Now, that's all well and good. You know, things like this happen. Keith, right away, the whispers happen. Bring Zeke back. Cut this guy. Bring Zeke back. Same, not type of running back because they're obviously two different guys. But, of course, in the, and I was going to tell you guys this, or at least bring this up, the Zeke stuff's been brought up, and there's been two press conferences since then. Jerry Jones was the one. Of course, he goes out there. He's like, we're reading the tea leaves right now about Zeke and pass blocking and this, that, and the third. And he's doing his shit. But then you go to McCarthy, and McCarthy's like, yeah, no, I'd like to get these young guys ready, and I'd like to see those guys on the field before we bring anybody in. So I don't know, what side of the fence are you leaning on? I mean, I know you were a Deuce Vaughn guy. Are you more for replacing replacing uh, Rojo with a, another veteran back in the, in the absence for the first two weeks, or are you just like, let the kids play? So uh, you know who else has been whispered is Cook. Well, Dalvin I, Cook. I don't know what his asking price is, but you got to assume it's a little bit more than Zeke's. I don't understand why we would need him now. I mean, we have, you know what I mean? I mean, he yeah. said, though, he's the one that wants, who's mentioned it. He did mention that. Cook has been like, you know, I'll split the kill, meaning he'll split carries. He doesn't need to, you know, take all the carries. He's fine with that. But which I don't anyways, think there's an, I don't think there's an NFL running back that does take all the carries anymore, ever. Yeah. Right. You know? so. Maybe Derrick Henry. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably the last one. Yeah. But, but when you think about it with, with Zeke, you know, I, like yourself, I'm a huge fan of him. I, I think that the disrespect he's gotten from Cowboy fans is ridiculous. You know, just say, oh, you know, and one in particular, the maniac, Pat Volkmer, <laughs> literally one of the worst. <laughs> diehard Cowboy fan. Are you sure? Are you death. sure? <laughs> no, he is. But he is the worst Cowboy fan at the same time. So. Oh. Um, Beyond the but way. yeah, but him, I mean, trashing him like he did and other, and other fans were doing the same thing. I think that, yes, I would love him back for that, but we got, we got, we, we're going to have three running backs, right? That's what you figure. You would assume so. Yeah. Pollard. And I think Malik and, and Vaughn are going to be the three. You think Rico, no, no love to Rico again. Like he's trying to get back. Rico Gattel, man. He, he, he was doing well last year before he got hurt. So maybe yeah. him, it's out of him and, uh, and, and Malik for sure. Right. Whoever shines more, but I don't think we have room for him, man. I know it sounds horrible. Yeah. You know, but especially if we're, you know, if, if, if Deuce is there. And, and Deuce, uh, believe it or not, uh, I know that you were obviously highly on him uh, around draft time and, you know, talking about third and fourth, the guy slips to the seventh, you know, obviously the story is that his, his dad is a scout on the team or at least in the, in that scouting department. So he's going to get a shot. Now, we talked about him potentially returning kicks, which is cool because – but, bro, I've seen him out there, and he's he's getting some reps at running back. He is catching bro. the ball out of the backfield. Wait. And, bro, when I tell you – and, again, I, you know how I uh, how I get little sturch, little sturches, right? He, like, gets really excited. But this dude is fucking fast, man. Like, he is fucking lightning. And you can't touch him, Brett. He's 5'5". Five, five. How do you tackle somebody like that? Well – 
just to chime in on the Zeke thing, I would love if we could get Zeke. I really would. I really would. I mean, dude, he he serves so many purposes. I mean, in the red zone, he's amazing. Um, you know, pa- uh, pass blocking, he's great. I'm pretty sure he's going to be familiar with most of the scheme. I don't know about this new Texas Coast offense. <laughs> but um, what, a, what a kid like Deuce, man, I mean, you know, he serves so many different purposes. I mean, even if you put him out – as a slot or, you know, um, coming out of the backfield or lining them up as a, as a little receiver. And he, he's the type of player that, you know, he's undersized, but he's tough as nails. Um, you know, he's just one of those things that the, that the fans will get behind. Plus he's got a name where we could all go deuce when he, when he makes a play. <laughs> right. yeah. There's your marketability. Uh, Jerry's going to love that shit. <laughs> we, could, we could use him in special teams. I mean, there are just so many things in just a running back. But to get Zeke in there and, um, you know, it, it, I, I would love to I would love to sign him if the price is right. And I think the price would be right. I mean, honestly, right now he, he did visit New England. He left there without a contract. I don't know the demands uh, of what he's asking for. Clearly, the Cowboys weren't willing to meet what he wanted. I, I don't know what it was. I do, the uh, the only thing I can say is that my uh, my contract structure with Zeke would be a lot different than what normal contracts would be. I think it would it would make more sense to give him like a guaranteed league minimum and then say like, hey, if you do this, the following you'll get to this tier of a contract and then maybe if you do this you'll get this tier of a contract and make up to five million or something like that for the year but only because only if you do certain things on the field and there's a lot of contracts like that so it's not like out of the complete realm of possibilities but we'll see i mean again that's what i'm saying mike said no jerry said maybe right and then you talk about the Diggs injury and Diggs is out there in some capacity, little individual drills, a lot of the hands drills, not really doing much on the one-on-ones or the seven-on-sevens or even the 11-on-11s. Um, but you got McCarthy saying, like, we're going to work them back in starting next week. And then you got Jerry Jones saying, we may not see Diggs until they get back to Dallas. It's like, how how far apart can two people be when they're in the same goddamn building, Keith? Like, does that concern you at all? I know, like, we're fans of the team and we cur- you know care about the play on the field, but, like, when you got guys like Jerry Jones out there who just, for whatever reason, just won't shut the fuck up about anything. I mean, you saw and heard what he said about Zach Martin the other day. It's yeah. like the guy the guy just can't help himself. Is that going to be still detrimental down the road? Well, yeah, he's getting worse, obviously. Yeah. But if you're going to take anyone's word, I, mean, I don't think anyone really pays attention to Jerry Jones anymore. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he's I like that do, grandpa that's just like, ah, he's going to say what he's going to say. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean – I would take what McCarthy's saying, you know, and roll with that. I meant, you know, if if I'm, but I don't, I don't even get involved. I mean, I I know we're talking about it, but it's like he that guy. I I never knew an owner. I don't even think Al Davis did it as much as this. That has been this involved all the time, man. And he oh, says the stupidest things. Remember going back to last season when he was making comments about Cooper Rush when he was uh, starting. Oh. Yeah, man. He Remember, just, he's he like killing the hear, vibe. It's like, dude, shut up. He loves to hear himself talk. I mean, yeah. that, that can't be good for well, morale, I think, Brett. I think they're both right. And, you know, and their heads are where their heads need to be. So Mike's is more on the field and what, what they got to deal with. And Jerry is, you know, he's more behind the scenes. So, and, you know, I think there's truth to both of it. I mean, you, you know what I mean? Because that, that's mm. Jerry's job is to get these guys signed. And, you know, and Mike's job is just to say, hey, this is who we got, who we got to work with. And if you give us more 
more ammo, then we'll work with it. But right now I got to focus on what is it, bird in hand. And, you know, Jerry's on the other side, maybe fielding calls from agents and lawyers and all that. And I'm sure he is. Yeah, I'm sure he is. And I'm sure that's part of it. And that, that goes into the whole thing. But it's just like not every conversation needs to be a post or not needs to be a, a you know, a conversation to the media. Not every phone call needs to be translated to 105.3 The Fan. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't wait to tell these boys about this. It's like, no, you don't really have to. Just can you wait until the ink is dry on somebody else's deal before you start talking about the next guy's deal? And look, when Jerry spits specifically about the, the Zach Martin and Micah Parsons thing, like he's absolutely right. You do need a lot of money to pay Micah because he's probably, if I had to make a guess right here on August 1st, 2023, when that contract comes up and it's time to pay Micah Parsons, he will be the highest paid defensive player in football. Bar none. I, right. I think that that's a guarantee no matter what, because by the time that happens, he'll be two, three, four years into the league, and he'll be one of the best players on the field. There was a clip yesterday that went kind of viral. They asked Tyron Smith about it. He kind of shunned it off because he didn't want to talk about it. He's bur like burrowing through Tyron Smith. So the guy's a freak. We all know it. The money needs to be there. The money needs to be right. I get all that. Anyway, um, sticking with the offense. I don't know if you guys, like I said, I'm a big uh, component on Twitter. I know Brett's not so much on Twitter anymore, but that's a lot of where I see um, the clips and the guys that are at camp and they're putting out these clips and stuff. There hasn't been a day that gone by yet, and maybe you guys could shed some light on your hype with this. There hasn't been a day that has gone by that Dak and Brandon Cooks have not connected on a big play. And I'm not just talking with, like, shadow defenses. I'm talking Brandon Cooks is cooking people off the line. Do Does that make you worry at all? Keith, knowing that there's now a new shiny toy in Dallas for Dak to throw the football rather than have it be more well-balanced. I didn't think about that until now, actually. And <laughs> oh, I just, I just struck the fear of God in you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that would fear. That does get, like I said, the, the way our, they got to realize, and I hope McCarthy does, I'm not saying our, our, you know, I know we have a good offense, but this team goes through our defense. Mm. In order for it to go through our defense, we need to let them rest. We need to let them make the big plays. Once again, if we're passing every down and going three and outs and turning the ball over, defense is going to fold sooner or later. Right. Um, which seemed to happen more with Dak than it did with Cooper Rush, which I brought that point up, you know, uh, numerous times on in the in past show. So, right. yes, that would worry me. And, and I hope that they, you know, obviously you don't want to be one dimensional and say, oh, they're just going to run, mix it up. But, Let's not, you know, let's, let's, 50 50 is fine. 50 50 is fine. Brett, you know, I didn't uh, say 60 40. Yeah. Run well, 60. I'm, I'm 60 run too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Brett, I got to ask. CD Lamb went on 105 3 to fan yesterday. He said that there's going to be times where, you know, there was, there was a, not a lack of communication, but a double down on communication now between Dak and all the receivers. Apparently, this offense is not just running through Mike McCarthy's play calling, but Dak has the freedom the freedom now to check out of things on his own and just change a couple things up as we go. Now, CeeDee Lamb said this on 105.3 to fan. He said there will be times where he's going to let that ball fly. Does that worry you at all? Or do you, do you think that like if CeeDee Lamb and Cooks and Gallup and those guys have confidence in Dak Prescott, can you see more of an, uh, of an attack in, through the air if it's that's what it calls for? It, you know, you've lined up. You've seen how guys well, make listen. adjustments. So how's that work? Well, football is a situational game, you know what I mean? And you, you can't really go in saying, all right, we're going to run this amount of times, pass this amount of times. It depends on what, what type of coverage they're showing. What, what, I mean, look, he's our quarterback. Uh, he should have the uh, uh, freedom to check out 
if he has to. Um, you know, look, as much as – I don't want to say I'm not a – I haven't been a Dak fan. He's, I've just been disappointed in certain, you know, uh, situational plays where, like, you know, sure. I read somewhere he had nine or eight or nine interceptions unpressured where if, if he doesn't complicate it and, but we have to have, we have to have faith in that. I mean, you know, he should be able to throw a deep ball, especially now if he's got two weapons to play with, right. You know, that we can go deep with. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. It, it should be a good thing. I mean, if he's turning the ball over again, which, you know, he's vowed to work on and not do, but again, we have so much talent that we don't have to force plays. If you know, if if we just game management, you know, it does, not every play has to be a home run. Mm. And if we don't have yeah, to I force agree. those plays, if we're not forcing plays, then yeah. But if, if the defense calls for it, then of course check out of it. Well, I'm, yeah. so I'm, I'm. Wait, he didn't have that. He wasn't allowed to do that before. It's not that he wasn't allowed. I think that this this new offense through McCarthy is giving him more of the ability to do so. Like, obviously, when Kellen Moore's out there, he's calling the plays. He's also giving him, you know, when you get a play in your head, you also get probably, like, three more in the in the chamber. Like, hey, if this happens or if they show you this, switch to this, switch to that. I think Dak's going to get a little bit more creative freedom to try to make some plays. And I know for somebody like you, Keith, who have, who have doubled down and saying, like, the guy has to just cut down or eliminate the mistakes – now, if if all of a sudden he sees something he likes, you know, he might switch out of it, which is that a cause for concern to you? No, 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 dude, take it. I mean, look, okay. he's our quarterback. He's our leader. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's what he's supposed to do, I mean, he's he's got to do what he thinks is, is right. Because, in, in, you know, in the long run, it's it's his life and his career, right? Right. But I'm I'm I gotta make a call, by the way. Oh, here we go. All right. No, well, hold on. All right. <laughs> I'll write down this timestamp. Go ahead. <laughs> the, guy had, the guy had the guy had 14 fucking interceptions. All right. Yeah. Yeah. 14 interceptions. And I'm and I I'm I have discussions or arguments with people when I bring that up and they're like, oh, well, you how many, how many were tipped off the receiver's hands? So I started to think about it. I'm like, because you guys know I remember everything almost. Sure. There wasn't many at all that were tipped off receivers' hands. The Jacksonville overtime one. Mm -hmm. There was one in, Tennessee, one in Tennessee off a tight end shoulder. Forgot which tight end it was. Either Ferguson or Hendershot. That was That's two. True, right. Um, I'm sure they're out there. You know. Well, I'm just saying though. People are making it like, oh, no. it's no. They were. You know, th well, those are the only the only two that that we can think of. And then obviously saying people are out of position every time. It's like, nah, dude. He missed five games. So take those two away. He still leads the fucking league in interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's obviously a problem. And I said, I've been on record, and I've told colleagues this. I've told friends this. I said, if Dak cut the interceptions in half this year, like coming up this year and only throws seven, like he's going to be primed for an MVP-type season. Like seven picks is nothing. That's like that's like Aaron Rodgers' territory in his well, prime. Dave, Dave it's, it's not the amount of interceptions. It's, it's when. Right. It's, it's when, right. hundred percent. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And it's like you, you find the, and, and again, I, I brought this up last week and I'm not comparing the two because it's two different generations, two different skill players. When Romo used to drop pack the pass, I was always wondering, I was like, oh, where's this going to go? Where's this one going to go? Right. Like, and now when Dak drops back, I have that fear. And until he has a season where he throws 32 touchdowns and like five picks or something like that, then I'll be like, you know what? 
When he drops back the pass, you better believe there's going to be a play made, right? But as of right now, when he drops back the pass, I'm just like, okay, just, just don't throw it to the fucking safety or don't throw it to double coverage or, you know what I mean? Or don't throw it in the middle of the field where there's literally nobody standing there except for a safety, you know? I, I don't know if it's that out of the ordinary for any fan to be nervous every time their quarterback drops back. But here's the thing. when That's not necessarily like, true because when, when, Mahomes, when Mahomes drops back, I'm not just like, oh, I can't wait to see where this one goes. Well, you, you think know? Packer fans are like that with Favre? Well, Favre, Favre led the league in interceptions. At I'm point. just saying, though, right? I mean, so, okay, yeah, so, so yeah, like, he's a slinger. But like, you when think Rogers, Minnesota's like that with Kirk Cousins? Yeah, that's what I mean. I think I think a lot of teams go through that same fucking thing. Not, I know you brought up Mahomes, you know, but, yeah, but even, there's very few that are yeah. Mahomes, Brady, Breeze, maybe, and that's it. Eli yeah. Manning would fucking throw stupid Aaron, picks. When Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers goes does, back, I'm not. Oh, yeah. You know, when I'm he plays gonna... us, he does no fucking wrong. <laughs> right, right. When Aaron Rodgers drops back to pass, you're just wondering how much is the gain, not if he's going to get yeah, a completion. When he plays us. How long? I still can't believe that playoff game, bro. Oh, the divisional, uh, the, the, the 2016. Hey, listen, listen, we. What two, was it? Third and what? Third and fifth, 16 or 17? All I know is Jared Cook all Holy of a sudden became God. a real tight end. Like Jared Cook, after that catch, Jared Cook, you never heard of him ever again. You know what no, I mean? Like, of all of a sudden, he, do, he makes this play that you've just never. Toe drag, swag, and I mean, shit. Look, and we lose that game. It's like fuck. Look, me. let's let's look at it this way too. With the Jacksonville yeah. game, I mean, as as great as our defense was, we were up. We let them back in the game, and then, um, you know, that San Francisco game. As as much as Dak, the second one, the second playoff game, we had no field goal kicker. Man, every we should have. I mean, this guy missed how many field goals? So oh, I think Did I think we need to address that. Game, I think he made one that game, didn't he? I think he did, too, after the fact that he missed fucking seven <laughs> the week before, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. it was. And, and, oh, well, I, I well, have to missed, give an update. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He missed two extra points, I think. How many – he I missed field goals in that, in that playoff game. I, I got to look. I'm pretty sure he kicked the three-pointer, though, and that's why everyone's like, oh. Yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. We keep he's him. back. He's back. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? We talk about it. That's what we should have kept him. We line up for the extra point. We purposely jump off sides. Five times in a row, move him all the way back to the fucking 45, and we make the extra point. He drills that shit with 10 yards to spare. Hey. We got two kickers right now in camp, and let me tell you something. It's some riveting shit, according to some of the guys that are out there in Oxnard right now, watching Tristan Viscaino and Aubrey from the USFL. Those guys are going into mojo moments, kicking competitions. It's all sorts of fun out there. I'm mojo. One, I'm, yeah, me too. Uh, I'm. Uh, I think it was Aubrey who hit like three in a row, and then like Fiscano who missed the forty-six. Why? I don't know. All I know is why is it so hard? And I know it's not hard. There's like this kicker competition that they're talking about, and right, and there's like this, this between these two guys. But like guys like Robbie Gold are just chilling outside, like somebody's backyard drinking beers right now because he's got no job. Like it, that only happened because of a salary thing. I would take Robbie Gold over any of these guys that they're bringing in there right now. But like, I don't understand. Like, why is well, it? Hold on, hold on, hold you on. Robbie Gold in there. There's no. Let me ask you a question, Sturch. Yeah. We don't have the best luck with that of recent. Yeah, I guess you're. Greg right. Deleg and Vanderjack were two of recent <laughs> oh, memory that oh, came Mike in Vanderjack. that were veterans. You know what I know? Sunk. You want to know what's really funny? I uh, I, <laughs> I have this book. It's a baby book, and I've read it to my daughter and now my son. And it's like it's a Cowboys baby book. And it's like little things like E is for Emmett, right? And like yeah, T yeah. is for touchdown. Bro, the kicker 
K is for kicker. It's David fucking Bueller in the book. No. <laughs> I swear to you guys. The, the, guy, the guy that can kick 87 yards down the field but couldn't do anything else outside oh, of that is, like, him, represented bro. in this book. And it's just – it's so funny, dude. Every time I see it, I laugh. Um, David Bueller. I'm, I'm sorry, David that, Bueller. That's something that, that I'm, I'm glad we address. If we can get a good kicker this year because, yeah, but, you know, but, we, we – yeah. Go ahead, what? No, I was going to say, but did they address it? Right now, there's a kicking competition I don't know. Well, between two well, Just because we don't know their names. I mean, no, 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 I know. get that part. I get that part. But it's like when you have other vets out there that are willing to come in and probably compete, you would think they were going to win that competition. You know what I mean? Like, I have no doubts in my mind that if Robbie Gold went head-to-head with Tristan Vizcaino, Robbie Gold would probably win that spot. That's, so? that's my only thing. Well, we don't know. I mean, but we don't, either, way, but... either way, that was a big impact on us in the playoff game because we couldn't. I remember getting in field goal range going, we, we go for it. We, we, we can't. Yeah, he's right, yeah. And, you know, uh, and, uh, you know that, that affects the offense, obviously, um, because now it's like, all right, if we get five yards, we're in field goal range, but now we can't trust the, the, the kicker. So what do we do? Like, do we go for it on fourth down? I mean, it screwed up everything. I remember bro, being I just, Bro, I would have loved a camera on Mar in the locker room after – those games just to see him like by himself, just like <laughs> sipping on a soda. Like, no one's what, do, what do I do? Where do I go? Do it. Does anyone want to talk to me? Why does anyone want to talk to me? Like not even yeah, the coach. It kind of reminds me of like, a, they, win the game. Bro, they win the game. They win the game and still nobody will talk to him. Like he's just in a corner by himself. Just like, ah, just, yeah. Wants to talk to me. Well, it's like, like, and, and I can relate this now more than Brett, but like if I, I do a stand up show and you have a bad set, like, People don't want to go near you or talk to you. Like, but if you <laughs> have like a good one, bad juju. <laughs> yeah, they, if you have a good one, people will come out. Otherwise, they just ignore the shit out of you because you're stuck. You know. Hey, I got some. Uh, I got some T-shirts and a CD for sale at the door. If you want to come by and support, and and maybe maybe you can apply to be my new graphic artist because whoever's doing the other ones fucking stay. Hey, fuck you, bro. <laughs> my flyer is awesome. My flyer was the best. Yo, Brett's got I'm your flyer. I almost I, fucking well, yeah, he fell off my bed. Yeah, about it, but that's not – come on, bro. I'm sitting all over Vegas, man. I'm sitting on buildings and shit. Oh, I'm like shit. Snoop. Oh, I'm like Snoop shit. in that video, the New York, New York video, crashing the fucking – crashing the buildings, walking through. What's great is there's like eight different keys on the flyer. <laughs> my, favorite, you, my favorite. Which, my Wait, favorite. which key are you gonna get? Which one are you gonna get? You gonna get flannel Keith? You're gonna I get hope Keith. We, I hope we get I hope we get black and white Keith. That's my favorite one. There's a black and white random Keith that it's in there. It's like, oh shit, that's there's mysterious, stuff. dog. We don't even know what he's got. He's mysterious, dude. dude there's so many keys. <laughs> I'm gonna have to share that out on, on some of the socials just to show yeah, you everybody what the hell we're talking about here. And I yeah. will listen. You give me your next couple dates that are coming down the road, and I will I will make you a flyer. No, it's fine. I, I can. Stand I want to do it. I, I know. I appreciate it. it. I appreciate it, Starch. Just give me a give me a shot. <laughs> give me a For shot. What, no You're charge. busy enough. No, yeah, I am busy, but like no charge. I, I can do that. First of all, I can do a better one laying in bed <laughs> from my phone <laughs> than what you just put out there. I digress. <laughs> anyway, defense, right? How about some yeah. defense? We're seeing some defensive stuff out there. Have you guys seen the Mozzie Smith interview from yesterday? No, no, I okay. heard about it. Did, did you hear about what he it. said? I read it. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> they asked him about his, uh, you know, he's basically, he, he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't like to talk. He doesn't like, he told him, I'm not a talker. I'm not a talker. I like to hit people. He said, I like to hit people. He goes, I don't even like, he goes, I don't even like football. I just like to hit people. And I'm like, 
this guy is going to be a fucking Ring of Honor member. <laughs> I oh, like, dude, I swear, after I mean, that, that he, I might get a jersey from a, from a rookie for the first time ever. Right, bro. I don't like football. I like hitting <laughs> people. I was like, bro, dude, this dude, it's uh, fucking like you. It's like Brett's mom. <laughs> she says that about everything, cooking. It doesn't matter. She just ends it with, "I just like to hit people." <laughs> <laughs> you know what else too? My, my mom too because she's great on a double team oh god she's she, she <laughs> sheds blocks <laughs> oh man anyway, yeah, dude, that was i had to bring up the mozzie thing that's awesome you know like i said it's yeah. been a long time since we had somebody to stuff the run <laughs> yeah, I'm all over the place. Um, the stuff to run in the middle because that's our one of our biggest bugaboos on defense was the run game, man. Like well, we, people well, people don't realize he wasn't really asked to get the quarterback. He, his job push. was to engage and get that push. And again, man, um, I I really do think with we we have such an amazing D line on paper. You know, you don't want to give it them a look, yeah. But um, the uh, the ability for him to get back there from the front, you know, get that push in the middle is going to be everything getting to the quarterback, man. And, you know, yeah. with our corners too and our defensive back and our secondary, I mean, we, we still haven't really discussed the linebacker position so much. Like, you know, in the middle, we still got LVE who did play great last year. He didn't play bad he at did. all. No, he played uh, well. Whatever, dude. Great. No, he, he played serviceable football and he didn't make, you know, he wasn't celebrating tackles nine yards down the field like one Jalen Smith would. Brett, yeah, and Brett Brett was was in his corner and said that most of the season. I didn't. And it, it came to fruition, fru, fruition? <laughs> Got that? Fru, fruition <laughs> that when he went down that Brett was right because the linebacker and core took a hit. Now, is it because we just didn't have a good replacement for LVE and it made him look better? Or you know what I mean, or whatever. I'm still, I'm still. I, I think I, I just don't like the way he doesn't step up and fill holes. That's all. I don't see that a lot. He did. He did come back a little yeah. better though. Go ahead, bro. But again, Keith, you've been in the middle, and you know, yeah. um, that's a tough position, bro. That's a tough position to to fill the gap, get into coverage. Um, again, there's. I, I think uh, you know when those needs are met, like with. Uh, um, Mozzie Smith, dude, that's going to make all the difference in, in the pass rush and in the run, you right. know, I mean, because mm -hmm. nobody really wanted to go outside on us. I mean, you, you couldn't with Mike out there and our, and our, uh, and our safeties, man. I and mean, dude, it's going to, I think Mozzie, if uh, God willing, he stays healthy, but I meant, you know, if he can take on those double teams and, and, and get that push to change everything. Man. Yeah. I it mean, really, there's been some, yeah, there's been some uh, some positive news coming out of like a Damone Clark camp and Jabril Cox and like guys like that. Like you will start hearing a lot of these guys' names uh, a little bit more, considering the fact that the depth of the defense of, in the linebacker position I feel like is probably probably our worst. And I don't want to say worse as a, in a bad way. I just think that like you know I think we were deeper once upon a time with it. And, and as bad as not bad, but like Anthony Barr when he was on the team wasn't like. You know, and Luke Gifford and guys like that. Like when we heard those names, we were like, "All right, well, if he can go in there, he can spot play here and there." I feel like I I don't have the confidence yet in the linebacking room, but I digress yeah. with that. But you know who I wish we could. 
Overshown. I'm big on it too. I love how that kid plays. Yeah. And Over, uh, Overshown's looking a lot better, you know. And and I, I again, I, I I'm not putting myself down as a linebacker or an outside, but um, I did over commit a lot. Like I, I love to fly to the ball, and um, that's something that coaching, you, you know, coaching can can correct because that was a big uh, negative for him. Is sometimes you know he was uh, he overcommitted or he was over. Yeah, his miss his miss tackle his miss tackle rate was a little high for my liking. But again, it's just something you could definitely coach up. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's Keith. that's what's great. I mean, if you put a kid like that at the edge or or blitzing, you know. But I love that he could get in the coverage. I mean, he's really he's that perfect size. You know, he's actually you know again not not to, to bring the Ernst brothers in, but he's built like my brother, six three two thirty. You know what I mean? And and the kid's got wheels and he can hit and he can get into coverage. It's just that you gotta he's gotta be in, you know, he's in the right position. But I again, Mozzie being in the middle and and, and being in that A gap and, and and coming down and taking on the the center and the guard, getting that push, it's really gonna cause a lot of problems. Yeah. Now Keith, what Keith, what are you there. Keith, what are you sitting at now? You still you still two twenty, two thirty? I'm actually 195. All right, all right, all right. A little yeah, slant. I get it. Okay, good. good yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't Never. seen that. I, I actually, since like 2009. When I reached 230, that's when I was going through my fat Elvis stage, and I lived <laughs> with a girl, and I just stayed home and ate. That's when I was 230. 230. Fat yeah, Elvis. I, that, bro. I, had, I didn't know my mom had to tell me because that's and if your mom tells you because she's brutally honest because they you know our mom thinks we're the greatest things in the world. All she's right. like, honey, I think you're gaining weight. I'm like, what? <laughs> and she showed me a picture, bro. I mean, and I didn't even fucking recognize me. Wow. Like, that, that happened. Yeah. Everything. Dude, that happened to me around the time my dad got remarried in 2009. I looked like a fucking, I had no facial hair. I looked like a bowling ball. But well, I, I wanted to bring something up though. I, I, and I was going to bring it up is if I get a point, if I can, <laughs> if I can bring back, and I know we've had, we had so many awesome linebackers with the Dallas Cowboys, but the two I would bring back only because I think they just were on the team at the wrong time. Is Dak Gwynn and Dexter Coakley, man? I was just going to say, fucking Coakley is oh my guy, bro. I was the only one in my school with a Coakley jersey, bar none, no, no doubt. They were it. just, that defense was awesome. That It was just at the wrong time. We were and going through so that quarterback. Like yeah, it just bro, was. That, wait, that front seven was awesome. Our, our secondary was always getting beat. Yeah, no, true. But I'm just saying those two, if we had those linebackers back with the, what we have now, forget about it. Forget it. And the reason well, I bring them back once again is because I want to see them win something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of speaking of winning something, uh, coming nice little segue there. Uh, coming up on Thursday is the NFL Hall of Fame game. The Browns and the Jets are going to do some battle. And we're going to get to see DeMarcus Ware get enshrined into Canton, um, where Jerry Jones will do his speech, which – I guess you want to choose the guy that drafted you fine to do your speech. I'm sure you don't. I mean, that just, to me, that goes to show you how, how close the Jones family is to all of their key players. So, so close that they let them walk out the door and win a Super Bowl with the Broncos. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, Keith, when you look at DeMarcus Ware as a first ballot Hall of Famer, is there anybody else? It's very, it's so, I mean, we have such a young team right now, but maybe in the last, like, since 2010, Maybe it's that's 13 years going back. Any other Hall of Famers on this Cowboys squad? Because the, the one, the one that Jason I, Witten. Jason oh, Witten. Very 
good good call that's, good. that's all that was that's automatic as they come good yeah good call that, on that. that's the most automatic we have yeah i know you uh, say tyrone smith but i don't know oh tyron smith's gonna walk and so is so is zach martin i think both zach of them are gonna martin walk into canton uh, zach martin you know once he gets back to camp you know he'll uh he's gonna walk into canton um i did think uh i think the the biggest snub right now and maybe you guys could shed some light on other snubs i mean drew pearson's the snub job is over he's in um but the biggest one that I every year he's like a finalist. Darren Woodson doesn't get into the Hall of Fame every time, and I feel like in, in his era, yeah, you had Palomalu and you had those guys like they they emerged and the Ed Reeds emerged. But like Darren Woodson, man, he was a dog, bro, and he can hit, he can do all the things that you ask the safety to do. How the fuck is he not a Hall of Famer? Because he's on the Cowboys. Well, if he was on any other team, he'd be in. Go ahead, bro. What's weird is sometimes you get those players that like started their career with success and then played out the rest of their year without success. And you mean team you success? Notice, yeah. Okay. So you ever notice that like, you know, when they're good in the beginning and then even though they're consistently good, the team wasn't doing good probably longer than when he made the team. Cause he got in, I think in 91 or 92. I mean, yeah, he was there for all the Super Bowls. Right. No, I don't think he was. Yeah, but, he was. Yeah, yeah he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, he but, was. But like, so, but like you said, like you said, after those after those successful years, the team drops off the face of the earth, and he's still weathering the storm. He's out right. there every year trying to do his thing and dealing with a bunch of bullshit. I think, I think people, um, you know, because that that does make a difference. I mean, when you look at Lynn Swan and John Stallworth getting in over Drew Pearson, um, statistically, it didn't make sense. Impact, it didn't make sense. Because Drew beat them in every category, but they had four Super Bowls when Drew only really had one, I think. You know what I mean? Do you think think that I think you only have one. But the way the way I the the way I look at it now, I mean, you say early success and Demarcus Ware's early success, it it just wasn't the Cowboys had no success with Demarcus Ware until he left and then won a Super Bowl. Yeah, if he yeah. not won that Super Bowl, Keith, is he still a Hall of Famer? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you can't have that. I meant the impact he had, but bringing that back, and I'll bring it back to Darren Woodson being the Dallas Cowboy again. You know, it's it's one of those things where you know we've had so so much success in the NFL. I know we haven't won a Super Bowl in thirty years, mm. but there is something with that. A good example is Jacksonville. Tony Baselli gets in. Are you fucking serious? I mean, the guy was- played seven seasons in the NFL. No, dude, this is the Hall of Fame. No, I don't. That, but my point is, is if Tony Baselli, you're Eric so Williams. It's, two, it's twofold. Eric Williams, you're you're Eric saying that. Williams, well, hold on, hold on. Eric mm-hmm. Williams, Nate Newton, Mark Stepnoski, all those guys have better careers than him. Fair. Nate Newton. I mean, those they were, they're not even fucking talked about. I mean, it's just the fact that we're the doubt. We've had so many successful players that if Darren Woodson, say, was on Detroit or a team that I bet you he probably would have got in already. Fair. I, I just, uh, you know, as far as Baselli goes, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. And we we had the great wall, you know, in the offensive line. And all those guys should be Hall of Famers without a question, especially Big Nate. Like, I mean, that dude was – that was a staple. That was a staple. Yeah, but anyway, this goes back to, obviously, DeMarcus Ware getting in. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of the Jets are getting in. And and, and that's cool, obviously, uh, the guys well, that are getting in lot, there. There's a lot to that. Like, you know, I would – Definitely make the argument for Eric Williams. I mean, Nate Newton, though, you know, he started in Tampa. I mean, the USFL went to Tampa, came to us. Um, you know, usually when you see like those high profile first round picks that actually pan out, 
you know, play well, have a decent career or an above average career. Um, and, and they're part of a team that really doesn't have anybody. I, right. I agree with my brother. It does, it does help the argument. And then if they're winning mm-hmm. Super Bowls at the end of their career, as opposed to earlier in their career, but there is definitely a cowboy bias uh, against what? us. Are you, you sure know. Nate Newton? I don't have my phone on me. Did Nate Newton play for the Bucks? You said, um, bro. That, that that's where I, I'm a little off on that one too. I, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna. I look know, I, you're right. Was it maybe it was the Tampa? Did Tampa have a USFL team or something? Yeah, but I think he went. He went to the USFL. Played. I think we got him from the Bucks or something like that. I mean, it was the mid '80s. So confusing the USFL Tampa team. No, he's uh, you're, you are confusing that team. It was the 1983. He was drafted by the Redskins. And then he actually went over to the Tampa Bay Bandits, which was yeah. the USFL team, USFL team for just a year. And then he went to the Cowboys from 1980. So check this out. 1980 yeah. to 1998. The guy played 12 fucking years with Dallas. Thank man. you. And he's not in the fucking ring of honor either. It's bullshit. No, that's a whole no. other ball game because it's like that, that's yeah, that. He's two first time all pro, six time pro bowler. He made the USFL for all time team, all time team. Bro, so he's time. had it. So he's he's had almost as many Pro Bowls as Tony Baselli's had seasons. <laughs> yeah, go figure that out. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, That's crazy. Getting back to that too, uh, people don't realize that Tom Landry really did draft. I mean, when 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 most of Emmett Smith's offensive line were Landry guys. Yeah, you know, I mean, we got sure. Eric Williams and Larry Allen later. I think Stepnowski came either the same year as Emmett or the year after. Um. But, you know, Gogan, um, 2 um, they, they were all Nate Newton. They were all drafted by Tom Landry. That's how good Emmett was. I mean, you know, because I get to these debates all the time with people when they talk about, well, Emmett, if he didn't have the offensive line, which is oh, ridiculous. We have one Hall of Famer. Brown, one. Yeah, exactly. Brown has three Hall of Fame offensive linemen that, that played for him. They never bring that up. Mm-mm. The best offensive line ever, I mean – is considered the Raiders had the best offensive line, I think, in the 70s. You know, there was better units that they try to discredit Emmett Smith. It's funny, too, because, you know, they never say – they never say – they never give Aikman credit by himself, Irvin credit by himself, Emmett credit by himself. But apparently, you know, when you argue one of them, they always bring up the other two. It, it, right, it's a, right. Yeah, I get in that argument all the time about Troy Aikman. Like, people don't understand how good that dude actually was. And they're like, you know, it's like, well, you know, he's throwing to Michael Irvin. He's handing the ball off to Emmitt Smith. Like, no, bro. Like, go look at the tape, bro. Accuracy, mm-hmm. he ran as a younger quarterback. He couldn't. He could move, right? He took hits. He was tough as fucking nails. And he was probably the hardest competitor on the team at every time that he was there. Yeah, every sure. year that he was there, there wasn't a year that I was like, "Well, this guy, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna throw in the towel." Like, there's no way. Right. right what made, made Aikman so great too is that you know he played according to the scheme. So I mean, you know, if he really wanted to get the stats up, he would have thrown more like Marino did. Um, he would have ran more. You know, he just played what was asked of him. One of his, if you look this up, one of his best games is when he hurt his Achilles, and they enacted in. Like kind of like the Dolphins' defense uh, offense, where it was just two steps, boom, boom. I mean, his release was quick, his accuracy was quick. You know, he he just played according to to the game plan, and and, and you know, he was yeah. amazing at game management, limiting mistakes. Uh, he was he was an amazing quarterback, and he won three Super Bowls. Dude, you know, I think one of the most ignorant football um, statements. 
that you could hear is that Emmett Smith one. It was his offensive line. You look at his fucking yards and you're telling me the only reason he has 3,000 more yards than the next person under him is bro. offensive line. You bro, bro. How about idiot. how about the fact? How about the fact that uh, four of his most successful years was 91, 92, 93, 94, right? They're winning Super Bowls. But my man played for another like six years behind some Dude, shitty offensive lines. Awful. And he's be, beyond like people like everybody's like, well, stats don't lie. You're goddamn right, they don't. He's the all-time leading rusher. That's it. The, the period almost, stop. Drop the fucking mic. Almost rushing for a thousand in Arizona when Bro. nobody wanted to play for him <laughs> on his fucking fourteenth year in the NFL. Like, and, and nobody, and and nobody even plays that long anymore. You know pissed, well, hold on. You know what pissed me off that year? Jerome Bettis, right? Mm -hmm. Had this awesome year, and it was like nine hundred and eighty something yards. Maybe he just got close to it. Oh, Bettis, Emmett did the same fucking thing on Arizona. Nobody <laughs> says anything. It's crazy, man. It's garbage. And he, and he missed. And he missed a few games that year. In 92, uh, 93, in he held out. No, no, no. When he held out in 93. He the Arizona game. Arizona. Oh. When, he was, yeah. when he played behind Arizona, I think he missed two or three yeah. games that year. Just barely made yeah. it. Maybe, maybe, there is, maybe there is a Dallas Cowboys bias after all. So. Well, there is. <laughs> no, of course. Look, I mean, at this point, it's like this, very apparent. I got into this with uh, a big Dolphin fan that, you know, that that's the other thing too, man. It. There's so many teams that have that haven't even won a Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl before us. Like the Niners. The Niners haven't won. We won a Super Bowl after the Niners. And they're still like, oh, Dallas can't win it. Well, you haven't won it either. Yeah, it's exactly. very true. It's very true. Nobody yes. talks about that. And there's a lot of animosity. Well, they got listen, they did get to one. Okay, they got, they got second place. We got fourth. Twice they got I to mean, win. What's what's the true? Twice. Sorry. But they lost my, 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 my point is, is that there people do have a lot of, like, I, I keep getting into that when they're like, why are they America's team? They haven't won a Super Bowl. I'm like, it's not an award. It's a fucking nickname. And the fact <laughs> that we haven't won a Super Bowl in 27 years and we're still the number one franchise in the world still makes us, that even strengthens the argument why we're America's team. But <laughs> it, it's a nickname. That's it. It's not an award. It's a nickname. Yeah, there's no there's no game in the middle of November where it's like this is for the America's team trophy. And it's like, no, no, it's but fine. I understand, just... I understand why people hate our team. And it's oh. not it, well, I mean, you got Jerry Jones, you got you got <laughs> things you gotta deal with. Look, I've dealt with a lot of cowboy fans online and they don't know fucking dick about football. A lot of them are awful. <laughs> awful. They're really They're bad. Terrible. It's it's getting to the point where and look. I'm one of those guys that do like to get on the hype train of a lot of guys just because that's just who I am. And I guess I maybe I build myself up just to let myself down every year. That's that's part of, part of my DNA. You guys are a little bit more seasoned than me. You guys kind of see the writing on the wall a lot faster than I do. Right. And that's fine. But like, yeah, there is a lot of a, there's a select amount of Cowboys fans out there in the world now that just they they truly do have that. It's our year mentality every single season. And it's just like, I don't know what game or what team you're watching or whatever and i'm not talking about this year i'm talking about just any other year uh, other than this year because maybe i am one of those guys this year where i'm just like you know what we got a got a pretty fucking deep team right now and if things go well and dak doesn't turn the ball over and we stick to uh, the defensive thing that we're going to be doing like we are one of the better teams in the nfc right now pen well, we to paper are. we are we're one Absolutely. of the better teams in the nfl i mean you know there's I, I, there's 25 teams that wish they had us that ha had our had our record, 100%. but you know we're not winning the big one. But 
again, I look at things objectively. Um, I, I tend to be pragmatic when it business, when it comes to anything. Just because you're critiquing something doesn't mean you're you, you don't not like them or you're not real. You got to be honest. And, you know, I, I do have a good feeling about Dak this year. I'm not trying to be hyped up. I think this is a good year. This could be a great year for him, especially if he, you know, calms down a little, focuses more on, on, uh, what, what he left. No, nah, no, nah, I just, I can already hear, you know, it's like I watch every game with my old man. And I, I already, that first pick that he throws, like I could just hear my old man, this guy fucking stinks. And he just, <laughs> just start fucking yelling at the top of his lung. But listen, it, it comes with the territory, man. You got to expect those mistakes. We had him with Tony. The Packers had him with, uh, with, with Favre. Like these, these gunslinging, like I think I could fit it in that small window quarterbacks. We got one now. A guy that thinks he can make every play. And, and Kenny, well, well, I guess we're about to find out. So, But you can't force it. You can't force it. Like I said, every quarterback's going to throw interceptions. It's just part of, of the game. It's yeah. when. And I do think that, you know, on our new Texas coast offense that <laughs> I hope that I hope that is running some more. I mean, that's that's something that he's good at. Right. And, and, and um, not to. And yeah. I was going to say not to give away the offense, but like from some of the plays that I've seen, there's a lot of rollout and like drag along with him. Like Turpin is actually starting to show some signs of life coming over the middle, rolling with Dak and how fast Turpin is. He can get open and the, and the. And the pass in the air could be four yards, but Turpin's the kind of guy that could possibly make it a seven or eight yard gain. You know what I'm saying? So those are the kinds of things that you have to worry about uh, with Dak Prescott is is where he's going to be throwing the ball. When is he going to be placing that ball? Or when when are they going to give him the reins to say like, all right, there's three minutes to go. We're on our own 20. We got this or no? Because there was there was a time, and I'm telling you this right now, guys, and you know this for a fact. There was a time, maybe it was 2016 because it was his rookie year. It was just a lot of, cool magic happening with him and Zeke. But every time he stepped on the field, I'm like, you know what? We got a fucking chance to win this game. And just based off of the fact that he wasn't making mistakes. Yeah. Well, his deep ball was, it was always off to me. Oh, and um, he was thinking there, <laughs> well, I mean, the, the offense when he, his rookie year was pretty simple. Um, you know, and, and again, we, we need to take advantage of, of the rules. So, you know, right. if you're spreading out these offenses, I, I'll take four yards of play. I mean, four yards of play. If you do, if you do, if you do four yards of play, guess what? First down, first down. You're marching. Down. You're marching. <laughs> March down. You know, get. I know. Yards, four yards of play. You go deep when, 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 when you know when it's available. You don't force a deep ball. Um, and if you get a running game like you know with with Zeke, we didn't. If if we're within the twenty, that guy he's powering for at least three yards. Four right. yards. We'll I see mean, if. Well, yeah. I mean, not we'll every see. play has to be a home run. You know, just take your time with it. And we saw that with Cooper Rush. When Cooper Rush was in there, he doesn't even have half, half the talent when it comes to, like, what Dak has. But he knew how to manage the game. He was calm. He was in the pocket. He was dumping those little balls off. I mean, you know. And that's where guys like Deuce are going to come into play. Guys like uh, Turpin. Guys like uh, CeeDee Lamb. Just get him the ball. Three yards. Four yards. Spread him out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make the make yeah. the run when, when you know it, it. Again, we have the capability to do very well this year. Um, I agree. Just depending on, on the schematics. Schematics. Oh. 
<laughs> We're going to crescendo real early this season. Anyway, there will be more of the Jersey Boys podcast as camp rolls on because obviously you have preseason coming up. You have cuts coming up. There's going to be a lot of shows that me and the guys are going to debate on who's going to go, who's going to show up, right? He didn't even come to camp. No, not yet. No. I mean, he texted He texted the group and he said, I'll see you guys soon. So obviously, look, we're, we're not in the we're not in the phone threads. We're not, you know what I mean? Like he could very well be like, look guys, just so you know, Jerry already said he's extending me and he's giving me this time off to be with my family because I need some extra rest. It could be that, you know, we, we don't know. We're not about, like, I can't believe he's turning his back on the team. Like he's not a douche. You know, he's not that guy, man. He wants to go out there and he wants to compete. He wants to win. And, you and know, he eventually need, and he doesn't need, he doesn't need, I mean, the guy doesn't need to be in camp as long as he's stretching, staying in yeah, dude, and I and I tweeted out I tweeted out a video. He has a personal coach. He's doing the blocking drills. He's doing all that shit already off the field. Like, you don't need to be in the trenches right now. He knows the system. Like I'm not worried about Zach Martin not being there. That's the last it's of my concerns. Better. It's better he's not getting beat up. Right, like Tyron Smith getting mauled over by Micah Parsons. I'd rather say, hey, listen, Tyron, it was a great summer so far. We'll see you back here when we get back to Dallas. You know yeah, what I mean? Just don't worry. Listen, I understand you want to get the best of Micah. Just, just fucking relax <laughs> and take a couple, take a couple days off with the family. You know, I, I don't need, I don't need him going Good out question. there and, huh? Good question. How, how has the one on ones been with the receivers and the DBs? Has it been pretty even? Has it been competitive? There, well, I tell you right now, the well, one thing that I can say, it. not a lot of chirping. Uh, you know, they're, they're just doing their thing. But I will say that the one thing that I keep saying, seeing every day is Cooks getting behind the defenders. Like, he is really, really fast. And and maybe this is his best team that he's ever been a part of, like, as far as offensively. Like, yeah, I know he's played – I believe he played with a Brady-led uh, Patriots team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he played with – I believe he played with Drew Brees. So he has played with some really talented people. But, like, surrounding him and not having to be the number one guy – he's getting behind the, the linebackers and the safeties on these underneath routes, and it's looking really good. So the one-on-ones – what about the kid from the Colts that we got last year? He's not there. Ty, Ty he's Hilton? No. Yeah, he's not, gone. He, he was he was not brought back. So, um, I'm sure he's a phone call away if if push came to shove and we were kind of in a in a jam. But, um, you know, and that's another thing. You you live for these moments. Third and thirty. We'll never forget that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where this guy's just catching the deep Dude, ball. That was that. I forgot about that play. That was I know was it was it was right on. I think it was Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or some for shit. The like Eagles, that. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know what's funny? You know what's funny? As we wrap this up, I I do want to say shout out to the Eagles uh, fan base, who is who are literally that I haven't seen them tweet about their own players at all. It's literally all about like one underthrow or a batted ball from Dak Prescott in training camp, where these guys are tweeting that shit out like Dak's in midseason form. And I so I put out a tweet today, and it was good. Or yeah, last night it kind of got a good response. I said, look at this dime thrown by Jalen Hurts. And a matter of fact, me. And Brett, we're at the game where Diggs picked him off for a pick six. Oh, yeah. On Monday Night Football, dude. I was like, what a dime out of Jalen here. You know, like just to, to kind of chime in with the rest of these schmucks from Philadelphia. But I digress. I digress with all that. You can find us, the Jersey Boys, on the Premier Streaming Network and the Premier Podcast Network each and every week heading into the dog days of summer. Training camp is here. We'll start making some cuts. We'll start making some roster projections as we go. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice con review. We really appreciate that. So for... Dave Sturchio, Brett Ernst, and Keith Ernst. This has been another episode and installment of the Jersey Boys podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, this is Tony Soprano, and you're listening to Jersey Boys podcast with your hosts, Dave Sturchio and the Ernst Boys. I mean, 
I could give a shit about the Cowboys. We're in New Jersey. These guys got balls being Cowboys fans in Jersey. Anyways, enjoy. Well, whatever.